Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode this week. It's kind of the first time we're going to consistently be doing these. Hell yeah. Uh, what is today's show? Well, you clicked on the thumbnail. Uh, we are going to do the ranking of the DCEU. Uh, how the lists are going to work, we're going to give our ranking on just the theatrical versions of the films and the one TV show. And then at the very end, we'll tell you how our lists differ with both the Snyder Cut of Justice League and the Ultimate Edition of BVS. Yes. Because different lists, let me tell you. So uh, Different lists for Dalton. Hey. <laughs> I mean, he's right, but <laughs> I still have to say hey. Uh, so, without further ado, I'm going to go first this time. Uh, my DC Extended Universe ranking, theatrical versions, goes as follows. I think, actually, can we say our last... Uh, by the way, I've not really looked at his list, okay? So I don't know this. I'm going to take a chance here. Okay. Can we say the film in last place together? Yes. One, two, three. Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 84. 84. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, that's the, the lowest film on the list. And uh, look, I don't like to be too shitty. It's not good. And uh, and you'll be surprised where the other where the first film is ranked on my list. Like, think I regard it very highly. And I just think nearly every decision made in the movie was the wrong one. I think that the the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, they're going for like a Donner Superman vibe. Like, I'm into this. Yeah. And then it just kept go, going like this. And I was like, oh, no. Save yourself. And they didn't. My <laughs> biggest thing about it, and I'll interject here just because we're on the last one. It's the same. Is that it is exactly the same movie as one of my favorite comic book movies, Batman Forever. <laughs> if you look at them on a basic plot level, those movies are extremely identical yeah Kristen wiggs cheetah is literally jim carrey's riddler you're not incorrect i mean and it's just bad <laughs> you heard it here first nick thinks batman forever is bad no i did not say that i did not say that i said wonder woman 84 is bad batman forever and is you also perfect. said they're the same movie it's so perfect <laughs> yes because batman forever does it perfectly i don't know about this guys i don't know all right uh next up that was number 16 number 15 is the theatrical Justice League. Uh, this is quite low because I rewatched it recently. And I will say, it has dropped now having seen the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Because you watch that movie and you're just like, they butchered the fuck out of this thing. Like, it's it was already not a great movie the first time. It's way worse now. Like, way significantly worse. And... Because even the stuff that Snyder still shot in the movie, the way that they've re-edited it, you're like, why? Just, the Just why? Yeah. yeah, like it's it's a shocking, it's a Frankenstein movie. Like they found dead parts and just tr tried to shock it to life. And it didn't work. They even literally do that with a character. Quite, quite <laughs> literally, yes. So yes, uh, number 15 is Justice League. My number 14 is Suicide Squad, the 2016 one. I have more fun with this movie than most people do. Because this movie did give us a lot of great things. It gave us Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. It gave us Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. It gave us Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, who is fucking brilliant. You know there's an issue with your movie when Jai Courtney is one <laughs> yeah. of the best characters. It gave us um, um, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. All amazingly inspired casting choices. There's even a great Ben Affleck Batman scene, my favorite Batman. It's butchered. And if um, the Ayer cut does come out one day, we'll update our director's cut rankings to include it. But I'm losing faith that we'll see it. Mm -hmm. And until now, it's just this version of the movie. And while it's fun, 
it's a goddamn mess, like, practically the whole time, the whole runtime. My headcanon is that the release of the haircut is banking solely on if the beekeeper is good or not. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh... I don't know why that got me. That really got me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, Suicide Squad at number 14. My number 13 is the most recent Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Uh, the movie has... Here, here's what I'll say. The movie is dumb. Some of it is dumb fun. Some of it's just dumb. And uh, it was a step down from the first movie in a lot of ways. But more particularly just how it was directed. I thought it was directed significantly weaker. And anyone who watches this channel knows we fucking love James Wan here. We love this man. He will forever have a part of my heart for Malignant. But it was just, it just felt, everything just felt downgraded. You know? I don't know how you feel, but that's how I feel. No, I do. I'm more laughing at the audio guy. <laughs> just <laughs> cracking up and shaking his head at Malignant. Malignant is a fucking great movie. I don't give a shit. My number 12. <laughs> my number 12 was black adam and this could be this could be one that i could see moving up or down a spot like these next two are kind of interchangeable because i do think that black adam no shit had incredible cgi and it had incredible action amazing action and cgi and it gave us dr fate pierce brosnan is dr fate brilliant I don't know about the rest of the movie. There's some very annoying characters, and there's also a plot line that they thought was really profound, but it was done in such a non-subtle, poor way that it just didn't work on any level. Mm -hmm. So, Black Adam, number 12. Number 11, Shazam 2. I don't dislike this movie. Like, this is where I start like, oh, I don't hate these from here on out. Now, granted, that's a big scale of, oh, I didn't hate it to it's great, but I don't hate this movie. Is it great? No. But um, I think the biggest thing is just such a huge step down from Shazam 1, which I think is an actual really good movie. And I think that this film was really caught up in trying to expand the world while also not spending the money to expand the world in a weird way. It just felt like a hodgepodge of not knowing it what it wanted to be. And I think that was ultimately the downfall of Shazam 2 for that part. But I don't hate the film. My next one is Aquaman, the first Aquaman. This movie like the second one, is dumb. But it's mostly dumb fun. And the Italy fight sequence of Black Manta is fucking awesome. Like, I, I saw... All this, of the fight sequences yes, are awesome, yes, first of Nicole all. Kidman's is great, too. Yeah. I, I saw, when I first saw the movie, I saw it uh, either with you or by myself, and then I had just started seeing uh, Hannah at the time. And she wanted to go to the movie, she wanted to go see Aquaman, but I was working. But I was like, hey, I get off when that movie's about 20 minutes in. So, like, I'll just, I'll still have my ticket. I'll just join you, like, 20 minutes late. And she said, okay. And I had just worked a clopin shift where I practically got no sleep. So I go into the theater. I lay down on her, and I say, wake me when they get to Italy. And then I went to bed. <laughs> and then I get a tap on my shoulder there in Italy, and I went, ah. And then I watched the Black Manta fight scene, and I went, okay. And I just went back to bed. <laughs> That's how good the sequence is. But, but yeah, <laughs> there's Aquaman. <laughs> uh, next is Blue Beetle which honestly very surprised it was a delightful little movie uh, it's not great you can tell it was originally made for TV but you know I think it had a huge heart it 
um, the actual Blue Beetle character you really, really felt and connected with. Like, that performance was great. I thought the family dynamic, a la similar to the Miss Marvel show on the Marvel side, I thought it really worked. I thought that um, you're really rooting for the lead character. You want to see him succeed. And if you're rooting for your character and you have a fun time, it's a decent movie. I like it. It's, pretty, it's right in the middle of the list. Theatrical, remember, next is Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. That movie, theatrical version, has no transitional sequences. And it's very horrifically edited. And Superman is sidelined in his own second movie in his universe. And you're like, something happened here when you watch it. And because of that, a lot of things go unexplored, a lot of things go unexplained, and a lot of things go, what just happened here? Movie has major positives, like Ben Affleck's Batman, my favorite Batman. Um, I think Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in the movie is good. I think how the character kind of gets introduced is a bit wild. Uh, but that's also the same for the I thought the she was version. <laughs> Bitch, you invited her. <laughs> Essentially. But, but now if that was the actual line of dialogue, goes up way higher on the list. <laughs> but but yeah, on Batman v Superman, again, like the Theatrical Justice League, horrifically butchered. But there's so much in it that is so well done. Like the Batman warehouse scene... Um, a comic book movie with actual ideas of deeper meaning, like at least attempted in there. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I know. was about to say that. You fucking took it right from me. <laughs> but but yeah. Um, so that is the next one on the list. My next one, it's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That title alone, <laughs> that title, that's funny. That title alone is one of the reasons why the movie flopped. People were just like, what is this? <laughs> Just call it Harley Quinn. But anyway, um, this movie I thought was a lot of fun. And it, they let it be rated R. They let it be what it needed to be. I thought the film knew what it was. It knew what it wanted to be. It achieved it in spades. Harley Quinn's an amazing character. Margot Robbie's great as this character, as we had seen previously. And, you know, just the character dynamics. Fucking Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. Listen, not the interpretation we expected, but the one we needed. <laughs> I love the interpretation of Black Mask in this movie. And uh, I thoroughly loved 90% of the movie. I think some of the action choreography is a little off, but I think the cinematography of the action was always great. So even if you didn't like exactly how, how it was choreographed, everything was shot clearly, and the, the story of the action scenes were in line with each other, which for most mid-budget superhero movies, you can't say the same about Next on my list, I believe we're in the top six, is The Flash. Here's what I will say about The Flash. You've heard me probably say this on the show before. Most movies have the problem of it looks beautiful, but there's nothing underneath. This movie looks horrifically fucking ugly, but there's something underneath. There's a great story about The Flash and wanting to save his mother, and those sequences and that storyline works emphatically brilliantly especially the final scene with his mother is incredibly touching and you go on a fun multiversal journey with sasha kaye supergirl who's great in the movie michael keaton's batman who's great in the movie michael shannon who showed up and got paid you know like you got tons of stuff going on and it's fun but man it doesn't look great and some of the cameos are pretty cringe i'll say the word distasteful you know? yeah distasteful is a better say. way of saying that but like yeah it was just like Okay, you did some stuff. And, like, what's so funny is the weight that they put on this movie. 
was unreal. Because mm-hmm. originally, under the first regime, this was supposed to be like the, the reboot of the universe going forward, and then it wasn't. And they were like, well, what do we do now? And then now it's, it is what it is now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Flash is where it is. My next one is the first Shazam movie. I love that film, unapologetically. I think it was one of the first DC movies of that era to really shape its own identity. Aquaman did a little bit, but Aquaman always felt like it was going to be that. Shazam, we didn't know how they were going to make that movie. And it was from the director of Lights Out, the horror film from the guy who used to make short films. We're like, what is the vibe here? Like, what, what is this movie going to be? And I think it really set its, its, foot, its feet in the ground and was like, this is the movie that we are. And you also had the unfortunate responsibility of trying to say vaguely connected to the DCEU without really saying it. And then you lose Henry Cavill at the last minute, so you have to have a headless Superman. Like, with all the stuff that it had and from a relatively new filmmaker... I thought it's charming. It's delightful. I thought um, the story with Billy Batson, like that scene with his, when he meets his real mother and she basically tells him like, oh, it's not a good time for me. It's fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And it leads to that fucking kick-ass shot when he finally jumps off the roof like, Shazam, awesome shit. Love that movie. DC as a whole, and I'll just comment on this because the scene is in Shazam. Yeah. Just so many interesting moments that are great that are just ruined by little things. Like I think the best Superman scene in the DCEU is the fact that he takes time out of his day to go have lunch with a bullied kid. Yeah. That's Superman to a T. Yeah. He doesn't have a fucking head in it. <laughs> yep. That like, kind of, it, it, you know, it, it's shit like that where you're like, come on. Yeah. That kind of encapsulates DC's issue there. Yeah. Uh, I believe we're at my number four. My number four project in the DCEU is the Peacemaker series. I was fascinated by this show because before Suicide Squad came out, the, sec- the, the Suicide Squad... They announced, like, oh, we're going to do a Peacemaker TV show. And my first question was, why? Why would you do that? I don't care. I don't care it's James Gunn. I don't care about this. Then I watched The Suicide Squad. And while I was more intrigued, I still didn't really care. I was like, okay. Like, I like John Cena in the movie, but, like... Eight episodes? Of, like, like, of of all the characters in that movie, like, how was it not King Shark? But anyway. (laughs) Anyway. We watched Peacemaker... It's phenomenal. Like, yes, it has comedy. Yes, it has violence. It merges them beautifully. And the the story with John Cena as Peacemaker and his father, the Robert Patrick character, so heartbreaking when that story comes to an end. And the fact that Aquaman said, fuck you, Barry, is is just unbelievable. Like, you know, I I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed that show. Mm -hmm. Peacemaker's number four. We're in the top three now. My number three is The Suicide Squad. James Gunn took the concept of the Suicide Squad, made it a James Gunn movie, and it worked. This is somebody who, at the time, before he ran the studio, when they kind of took him after Marvel had let him go originally from Guardians 3, put every character on the table and said, who do you want? And he was like, now it's Suicide Squad. And you can see that in the movie. He was just delighted to be there. Mm -hmm. And the movie is incredibly fun. It's incredibly dark. It has everything that you want. And... It introduced characters like Peacemaker, who we didn't think we'd care about. It has one of the most profound lines in the movie with Peacemaker, what a joke. That's I love that whole Rick Flag Peacemaker thing. It's brilliant. It has Peter Capaldi, so it automatically gets points. And King Shark was brilliant. Margot Robbie, again, great film. Thoroughly fun. I saw it in theaters during the pandemic multiple times. 
Really enjoyed that film. Mm-hmm. My number two film is Man of Steel. This is a divisive one. I know people either who really like this movie or really don't. It's very, and then there's people like you who think it's it's in the middle. That's every movie, but your stance is pretty rare. Like usually it's one way or the other. And uh, for some reason, I've seen the movie multiple times, really connects with me. Yes, I am a Superman fan, but I think that the way that this movie told its story, it tells the story of a Superman who's just learning to be Superman, and then he gets his first big threat that comes in, being General Zod. As soon as he kind of figured out what to do, like there wasn't that period of time where he gets to be Superman in the city for a little bit. Like he becomes Superman, and then he has to fuck shit up, like immediately. And I think the original vision, which you do see eventually with Zack Snyder's Justice League, of where they were going with that story is brilliant. Had it able to have been fully realized from the start theatrically. But seeing this version of the story told, which is a version we had not seen before, I thought it was fascinating. And it was kind of, in the real world, how would people react if an alien was living among us for a long time and could do shit like that? Mm -hmm. And like that idea being explored, especially later down the line... Really interesting. And look, the movie came out in 2013, 10 years, 11 years ago almost. Yeah, think about that. And the CG, exceptional. The visual effects, exceptional. Even some of the more practical stuff looks great. Costume looks great. The first flight scene with Hans Zimmer's score, artful shit. It's lovely. Man of Steel is number two. My number one is the first Wonder Woman. They cap my list. The, the best one followed by the worst one. And uh, this movie works on nearly every level for me. And, and I know that a lot of people who do like the movie say, yeah, but that third act falls off quite a bit. I see that argument. Every time I watch the movie and I get to the third act, that doesn't, that's not the feeling that I get. Like, I just don't feel that it falls off. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue that I have with that movie is there's a couple tonal things that are off a couple times, like literally twice. But, like, that No Man's Land sequence, I'm not afraid to say this. I fucking cried the first time I watched the movie. I thought that shit was so touching, so moving, so profound. And Patty Jenkins, at the time, learned how to take Gal Gadot's weaknesses as an actress and utilize them so that she's only playing to her strengths. And that's partially because Chris Pine is such a phenomenal actor, and they had good chemistry, and they were able to build that in that movie. And, you know, that whole journey that she goes on, and it's, you know, book ended with it being in the modern day with the letters from bruce wayne works in fact i like etta candy that character is lovely i love that whole i love the whole movie i think it's brilliant it's the best theatrically released dceu film in my opinion it had that sense of hope but it had that gritty action that Zack snyder would bring to that universe it had everything i think it was the perfect balance of where that those movies should have gone mm-hmm. which yes jl did go but i digress so that's my theatrical ranking after nick does his i mean with the exception of peacemaker because it's a tv show yeah but after nick does his we will tell about how our lists are different with uh the director's cut so nicholas we have very very different oh, lists i i'm aware <laughs> uh so obviously at the, at the start of the video my last is wonder woman 84 for the same reasons that don had discussed uh, after that, I have the original Suicide Squad, which is insane that that movie, out of all of these, has won an Oscar and made probably the most at the box office, I think. Other than Aquaman. Other yeah, than Aquaman, which is a wild sentiment. I think that it gave us a lot of good things, like you said, that were just improperly utilized 
in it, mainly Rick Flag, Joel Kinnaman. You know, it does give us the great, this is Katana, she's got my back, <laughs> uh, line. Oh, and it, it's a, sh- this was the, what, second movie? Third movie? Third movie. Third movie in, and already, <laughs> even with the second movie in, there were so many behind-the-scenes issues. Yeah. Even more so with this one, you know, there's the David Ayer guy, who's very adamant online that he has made a very dramatically different, drastically different movie, which remains to be seen. That could almost be a ploy to get it out there. Um, and just the fact that there are now so many other movies that came after this with that many issues at the front is just insane to me. Uh, but it did give us Amanda Waller as well, which is always great. Uh, after that, I have the Theatrical Justice League, because that was just a train wreck. Uh <laughs> And it's just little things, too. Like you said, like how they butchered it, like even down to like the Steppenwolf design. Yes. You know, it, and it, it's a shame that, uh, like you, Ben Affleck's Batman is my favorite, but it's insane that oh, two are... two of his appearances are just on the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah, Batman as the comedic character was certainly a choice. Yeah. Uh, and just so much trying to instill so much humor into a Justice League movie instead of just letting, you know, things happen organically. Yeah. Just... And Zack Snyder's name's on that one still, too, right? He yeah. still has directed. That's yeah. a shame. It's just because a lot of it's stuff he shot just re-edited and yeah. contextualized. Yeah. And it's insane that editing and context How much can change so movie. much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After that, I have the second Shazam movie. I really enjoy the first Shazam movie. It's going to be high up on my list, as you see. Uh, but just from the villain's to the family dynamic, I feel like it sort of lost a lot of what made the first one so intriguing. Okay. And, you know, they set up, instead of just paying off the Savannah setup and making him the villain, they just make it a tag joke at the end. It's like, well, why not just make that, you know, Helen Mirren got paid, but she's still fun. And, you know, I still do enjoy the family dynamic. It was still fun, but just the unicorns and the mythical, everything just got scaled up way too much to the point where you're like all right like it also just hearing the wonder woman theme play at a child's funeral (laughs) when you put it that way when you put it that way is just an insane thing to have happened yeah um after that i have the second aquaman which i saw yesterday (laughs) Uh, I am a big fan of the first Aquaman. It is going to be probably angrily high. <laughs> How high I have it on my list. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cool cool stuff in it that I wish had gotten paid off in different ways or played out differently mm-hmm. because the ideas were there where I'm like, oh, that's cool because the big thing focuses it's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Lost Kingdom is really not a big part of the movie yeah. when you watch it in the greater context. Yeah. But the Lost Kingdom that you do see is fucking rad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish that had more payoff. There was, I think, one fight scene that was about as good as any of the fight scenes in the first one. Mm-hmm. But there was no sequences that really stuck out to me as much. You know, you built these intriguing underwater worlds with all the different kingdoms but we're getting just these weird designs and Jabba the Hutt palaces. They really tried to Star Wars Aquaman, which was a very interesting choice. After that, I have Black Adam. And I think Black Adam is a good movie. It has, I mean, it's not a good, it's fine. It has a lot of good in it. Like you said, the CGI, the fight scenes. I think that Aldous Hodges Hawkman Mm, is really good. Noah Centaur was even really good as... (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Why was my dumbass to be like, actually, it's... Uh, he was really good. And, uh, I mean, the clear standout is Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Yeah. Fate, who yeah. a lot of the fight and action and CGI are related to that character. Yeah. And I just wish we had more to do with him, like a spinoff project. Obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. But I think the more disappointing part was just all the build up to this movie. The Rock has been trying to get this movie made before the DCEU even existed. Yeah. And the fact that this was the result that we got was just rather lackluster, mm-hmm. I think. And again, just the false promises of the DCU with a Superman post credit scene. Oh, Black Adam versus Superman. Here we go. It just is hard to get back on board with that yeah. upon like a rewatch. And I think that Black Adam was the more interesting character for The Rock to pick. Because I know it was like him for Black Adam or Shazam, if I remember correctly. Like it was really just which do you want? And I think Black Adam was definitely the more interesting choice, but what we saw didn't justify that. Whereas I would have rather just honestly watched The Rock be goofy, like Tooth Fairy level with Shazam. Yeah. And I think that could still could have worked. After that, Blue Beetle. Uh Again, kind of mirroring your sentiments, just the family dynamic worked really well. It was a fun movie. It had its cheesy TV moments. Oh, like, yeah. I think that if this movie was made theatrically from the start, we wouldn't have had, like, the giant bug, mm-hmm. like, ship and all that stuff. I think George Lopez was hysterical in he it. He was. He was he, great. I think that in terms of the humor of comic book movies in general, because it does have a very specific set of humor, I felt like the humor in this one worked a lot better. And I think it's because you found... You found yourself, like, engaging with the family, much like Miss Marvel, like you said. Yeah. Um, after that, I have Birds of Prey and the, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Hey, um, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> uh, I, I, do, I don't know if this movie really lives up to justifying its, experience, it, uh, it, justifying its existence. Okay. I think it very much was a random movie to come out when it did. Like, the fact that that came out before a... Flash movie, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for example. But when you have Margot Robbie in a character who's that popular, yes, they get their movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, it is a lot of fun. I think that she is a fantastic Harley Quinn, and I think that that dynamic, her character work with it does drive the movie a lot forward. And her dynamic with the other Birds of Prey, I found them all very entertaining. And this one, I would say, has... Much like you said about Shazam, this one really does have a unique identity within the greater DCEU. But it's just those little DC things, like this is a Joker-Harley Quinn breakup movie, and her gaining that agency, but like you don't see Joker. Yeah, It's like, well, it could have opened with Joker. You know, like it's just getting those things. Regardless of the portrayal of Jared Leto Mm -hmm. as Joker, you double down on it, right? That's who it is. Yeah. Um, And uh, Ewan McGregor... Black Mask is fantastic. And if your movie ends with your villain just being straight up exploded by a grenade, it's a good movie in my Hell book. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think Kyler knew that's how it ended. <laughs> they straight up blow you and McGregor up with a grenade. I don't you see his leg just go flying into the water. And I'm like, I guess we're not seeing him again. It's beautiful. After that, I have The Flash, which, with all its flaws, is still a movie that I enjoyed. You put three Batman in a movie, I'm probably going to like it, first of all. Especially if one of them's George Clooney. Yep. Uh, and I, I do agree with what you said. It's a very ugly movie with some good stuff underneath it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just with the overall lackluster CGI in Hollywood as a whole, or if that was the filmmaker trying to carve out 
a specific style and look that just ended up not working. Uh, I am a little hesitant that he is now doing the Batman for the new DC universe. But that being said, I thought the Batman action sequences were all fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was, I guess, the Flash and the Speedster elements that didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, Ezra Miller's definitely there, despite all of their uh, public stunts and everything. I don't think that they did anything great in the movie but they were the Barry Allen that we had and they were always a good Barry Allen yeah uh and it's always great to see Michael Keaton back even though if some of his introduction and just the idea of the character as well didn't pan out as much yeah certain elements do work very very strongly plus you get into Cage Superman it's an awful god-awful scene but like (laughs) you take what you get oh yeah oh yeah after this, the theatrical cut of Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh. Uh, I have a lot of fun with that movie upon rewatch. I think that with the editing and the chopping up of everything, it does hinder the movie quite a bit, but it did give us the introduction to, as well, my favorite Batman. I fucking love Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, and I will never apologize for that fact. <laughs> he is fantastic. Um, and it just a weird concept to go as your second movie yeah but there you are and that's where we're at um after that i have man of steel again just sort of dead middle of the road on it uh i've never really been interested in superman as a character to begin with i know well i i don't know i just i'm not a fan of the just like you know boy scout type character i i don't like captain america I don't know if that makes me a communist or not. I don't know, but. <laughs> Rocky Four would kill you. I, I, um, love, I refer to the character as Rocky Four, by the way. Rocky Four. I think Rocky Four is a different character. Go on. <laughs> I just think that. I, I think that if you start a universe, you start it with Superman, especially DC, which obviously James Gunn's doing with Superman Legacy. It just. I don't. I. The difference also with Michael Shannon's performance between that and The Flash, mm-hmm. like he loves Man of Steel, yeah. which is great. And you can tell that a lot of care went into it. It just ultimately felt kind of just eh, for me. After that, I have The Peacemaker Show, <laughs> which I loved. I, listen, I'm i a big James Gunn fan, uh, especially when it comes to his comic book work. I think he's probably one of the best comic book directors out there. Yeah, uh, His stuff outside of comic books has been good. But I think that he's genuinely just one of those directors where you're like, okay, you're a comic book director. And there's nothing wrong with that because we need great comic book directors. Like the Russo brothers who can't direct anything that's not Captain America. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, it that was one that I'm like, why do you exist? Why is this show happening? And then even after watching The Suicide Squad, I was like, all right, why is this happening? And the more I watched it, I was like, I get why this is happening. Also, it has the greatest intro of all time. And that's just a fact. Yeah. Uh, after that, we are now in the... Oh, that was number five. Mm. Oh. All right. Number four, we have the original Shazam. Uh, like you said, it really carved out its own sort of unique voice. I think that David Sandberg is was a, is a great director. I agree. I think the second one, not as much, but the first one definitely, you know, you could see that a lot of fun went into it. His Letterboxd review of it, of both movies. <laughs> it's great. Uh, any of his movies, if you go to his Letterboxd, are hysterical. They all have half stars. Um uh, <laughs> And, you know, just his, I, I, I like him a lot just as a filmmaker in general, as a person and a personality. 
and I think that Zachary Levi has gone off the deep end lately. Oh, yeah. But in that first movie, he captured the fun and youthfulness of what Shazam should be, and the movie hit a bunch of notes with that. Coming in at number three, we have the first Aquaman. (laughs) I love you. I love you, buddy. Never change. Never change. That movie's fun as hell. One. (laughs) Two. James Wan directed the shit out of it. There's great action. There's very funny character moments. Jason Momoa is just having the time of his life as this character. Fair. And Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. We love Patrick Wilson. And also, it was a huge win for comic accurate costumes. It was. They had Patrick Wilson in full Ocean Man armor saying, I am the Ocean Master. (laughs) 10 out of 10. However, it did not play the song Ocean Man, but there was an octopus playing the drums. Topo. Topo. (laughs) Correct. Coming in at number two, I have the first Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gal Gadot, I guess, is an actress. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Like you said, Patty Jenkins definitely was able to take her weaknesses as an actress Mm -hmm. and work in a way that they're strengths. Mm -hmm. I think she forgot about that concept in the second movie. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But the movie has a lot of fun. It has a lot of heartfelt moments and great character moments. Uh, Wonderful action. Um, And I think build out like the mascara and the Amazonians in a great way. And it also has a lot of cheesiness, such as the villains throwing in gas masks and being like, that's not going to work. And they go, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And just ultimately that one fits tonally, I think better than any of them in the direction that they wanted to take the DCU at the time. I fully agree. And you could tell me that the movie was directed by like Zack Snyder. And I'd probably believe you not to say that Patty Jenkins didn't have her own unique spin on it, but just tonally with what they wanted to, that was the first time I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing. It's in that world. Exactly. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is more than you could ask for based on any of these other projects. Yeah. And coming in at number one is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. <clears throat> it's very fun that my bottom two and my top two are both Suicide Squad and Wonder yeah. Woman. <laughs> uh, I, as I said before, I think James Gunn, I really like his comic book movies. Um, as a director, he definitely took a project that already had a bad rep to it and was able to make it in a way that people really had a great time with. He was able to get a great cast, very interesting, complex characters, and the weasel. The weasel! The weasel. Um, And just fun, goofy, over-the-top stuff. You know, you have a giant shark fighting a giant starfish, and it's just worked very well. And I'm very excited to see where it goes forward. Yes, yes. And before we go, let's quickly discuss how our director's cuts list vary. Mine's very different. I'm sure yours is not that different. Mine's not that different. I'll go first. Okay. It's exactly the same, except instead of Justice League being at the bottom, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League is number two. (laughs) Nice. Nice move. That's it. Uh, I I only have two major shifts. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of Justice League being second to last, it's number one. (laughs) I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is the best movie. If you consider that Justice League to be Justice League, I think it's the best movie Mm -hmm. that they've done. I've seen that movie. I've seen that four-hour movie four times. Each time I watch it, I'm like, God damn it. This is a good movie. (laughs) Two more times and you got a day out of it. I know. I know. (laughs) Hey, Kyler owes me a screening. That's 20. That's 20 right there. 20 hours. Is that an actual boo button? Oh, it's a heartbeat. 
Oh, that's great. That's so fucking good. Oh, my God. And then my other change is BVS, the Ultimate Edition, goes uh, into um, sixth place, right behind uh, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Oh, okay. Um, I actually, I might put it in between Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. It's right there. It's in that spot. That Ultimate Edition gives you so much with Superman that they cut out of the original movie. One, like him investigating Batman. Two, it shows that when Bruce Wayne was branding criminals, he didn't know they were being murdered. Big difference. Three, they actually burned the bodies in the beginning to make it realistic to frame it on Superman with his heat vision. They just shot them in the original one. It's like, why do you think Superman killed these people? They were shot. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bullet wound. Uh, And also, (laughs) the storyline of Lex Luthor taking out the witnesses he hired was very menacing. And also... The making the violence a little bit more intense, especially for that warehouse scene, was great. Well, the flamethrower even pays off back then, too, because you're like, yeah. why does this guy have a flamethrower now? Exactly. And you're like, oh, he's the one that burned bodies. Yeah. He will, in fact, burn Martha. Yeah, and... You still get Martha, though. Yeah. And Doomsday. And you get the scene of them finding out that the wheelchair was laced in lead. Yeah. All of that removed. And every transition scene removed. <laughs> they basically it's insane. They basically made a very interesting investigative reporting movie, <laughs> and then just removed just that entire removed element. That entire of it. element yeah. of the movie. It's crazy because people don't believe me. Like because I already tell them like, oh, Snyder cuts way better. Snyder cuts way better. And I'm like, oh, and by the way, you got to watch the three hour BBS. And they're yeah. like, it's thirty minutes. Like and I'm like, it's very different. It's like, insane yeah. what a minute transition thirty yeah. times can do. Yeah, and it's not as as different as justice league like it's still a similar movie but like what they cut out was like it just flows together a lot better so much it's it's 30 minutes longer and it flows way better a hundred percent it feels like a quicker movie yeah it does it truly does yeah so that is the ranking of the dceu before we go just because i just remembered this nick behind you underneath the desk on the second layer you'll see a little folder this yes thank you what's he doing Every DCEU film. <laughs> the ticket stuffs. That's pretty impressive. The, the order fell, but I promise you they're all there. <laughs> I promise. I saw Wonder Woman 84 at home as God intended. You motherfucker. I worked at a movie theater when Wonder Woman 84 came out. I also saw it at a theater, but when it came out, uh, I was only one of two ushers because it was in the middle of COVID. We had two ushers for the opening of a Wonder Woman film. And the first theater I cleaned up, somebody threw up. So it was a horrible... And it was Christmas Day. It was a horrible night. Jeez. So, yeah. You have the second Aquaman in here now, too? Yeah, it's all there. Next one. Next one? How about that? The fact that you have Man of Steel, that's insane. That's a 10-year-old ticket. Thank you. That's wild. Yep. Sick. Yes. So, guys, what is your DCEU ranking? We would love to see them in the comments below. You don't have to differentiate director's cuts if you want to. Nick, thanks for obliging me with that. Because they were different lists for me. I had one difference. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, guys, with that down, thank you so much for watching. We'll have two more episodes for you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Profound. I didn't to re- the point. I didn't know you were going to toss it back to me there. Loved it. Normally Loved you it. carry us through the end. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he's doing, but uh, but yeah, it's it's brilliant. All right, um, Nick, I'll let you sign us off. You deserve it. What do you normally say? <laughs> Until next time, I've been Nick Iricchio. <laughs> Don't pretend. Jesus.